Good morning and welcome to our service from the Burnham Benefits this morning on the 26th of July, this the seventh Sunday after Trinity. Um, after a very short moment of quiet, we will hear an introduction which was recorded by Clive uh, some weeks ago. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. And we say our prayer of preparation. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, The first commandment is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is the only Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, Love your neighbour as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven, and to bring us to eternal life. Let us then confess our sins in penitence and in faith, firmly resolve to keep God's commandments, and to live in love and in peace with all. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. 
Glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, Heavenly King, Almighty God and Father, we worship you, we give you thanks, we praise you for your glory. Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, Lord God, Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world, have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of God the Father. Receive our prayer. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit. In the glory of God the Father. Amen. And the collect then for this, the seventh Sunday after Trinity. Lord of all power and might, the author and giver of all good things, graft in our hearts the love of your name, increase us in true religion, nourish us with all goodness, and of your great mercy keep us in the same. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the first book of Kings. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I should give you. And Solomon said, You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant, my father David, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart towards you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love, and have given him a son to sit on his throne today. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, although I am only a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of the people whom you have chosen, a great people, so numerous that they cannot be numbered or counted. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, able to discern between good and evil. For who can govern this, your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. God said to him, Because you have asked this, and have not asked for yourself long life or riches, or for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, I now do according to your word. Indeed, I give you a wise and discerning mind. No one like you has been before you, and no one like you shall arise after you. This is the word of the Lord. Our second reading is from the letter of Paul to the Romans, continuing in chapter 8. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is in the mind of the spirit, because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are all called according to his purpose. 
For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn within a large family. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us, will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who intercedes for us? Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, For your sake we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. And our Gospel this morning is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, beginning at verse 31. Jesus put before the crowd another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure, hidden in a field which someone found and hid. And then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind. When it was full, they drew it ashore, sat down and put the good into baskets, but threw out the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all this? They answered, Yes. And he said to them, 
Therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. This is the gospel of Christ. May I speak in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, it seems quite incredible to me, actually, that it was only a few weeks ago, uh, well, just before June the 6th, that I dropped a mustard seed of an idea in Francis's direction. It was the smallest of seeds, but as Jesus told us, it grew into the greatest of shrubs, and ever since I planted it, I have been a sour dough bread widower. All I suggested was that it may be fun and interesting to try to make some sourdough bread. And ever since, well, well, it brings me to the second of Jesus' metaphors. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. Well, if only it were so simple. Actually, it seems that the science of sourdough is simple, but the mythology is extensive. Now, of course, we all know we need a starter with or without grapes made to an American or European recipe, and that only a very small amount retained from a previous dough is needed to make another starter, which, by the way, you treat like a small pet creature. But then there are questions of temperature, fridge or windowsill, of catching it at the peak of her rising, of blending with the bread flour, never apparently to knead, oh no, but stretching and folding every 30 minutes on the dot for uncountable hours, and then allowing the whole to rise in a preferred corner of the room for a very long time, and then kneeling in front of the glass door of the oven like someone from Bake Off watching a curious thing and waiting for it impatiently, which is called the oven bounce, and then protecting the crust from blackening. The first few loaves had holes, which were deemed too small, so researches were made into the viscosities of various mixtures. Two or three times a week, Francis rose so early as to disturb even the dogs to begin this day-long endeavour, straining at the worktop to continue her experiments. So I ask, how is this the kingdom of heaven? It might be that the King James Bible version is easier in this instance, because it says, The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal, till the whole was leavened. And so we have not yeast and dough, but leaven and leaven. And the word that is translated as measure in the version we heard comes from the Greek. And three sata, well, it's about 50 pounds of flour, a huge quantity, even more, I might say, than Francis used up. Also, we need to take the right viewpoint. What did Jesus mean when he spoke of the kingdom of heaven? Well, Jesus came to us. And so in himself, he brought the kingdom of God, which is not a place, but an activity, not a territory, but a whole new society, described and inaugurated by his coming. And of course, it's a society 
which is radically different from ours. My favourite commentator, Matthew Henry, when talking about this passage, considers this leaven as the word of the gospel working in our hearts. Only a very small amount is needed. And I like to think of it as no more than a whisper, which once there, in our hearts, rises silently yet purposefully to change us. Just as Francis's sourdough starter, after many hours, will produce a dough that will become a beautiful bread. But it's worth noticing the story of Francis's experience, because I think it's useful. She has been working at the process, not simply hearing the word and leaving it unattended, but putting in hours of practice, adapting and refining her ways, until, well, I have to say, I think the loaf is quite perfect now. Amen. And so we join together in affirming our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the church and for the world and let us thank God for his goodness to us. Lord, we bring your church before you, praying for our archbishops Justin and Stephen, and we ask your guiding hand on their leadership as church throughout our nation is being reimagined. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we continue to pray for those countries in the grip of the pandemic, thinking particularly of the United States, where the rise in infections is still very, very much above expectation. And we note too, Lord, that the World Health Organization announced only yesterday the largest single global rise in infections. And Lord, we just pray for all those who are struggling to combat this pernicious disease. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We thank you, Lord, for the school holidays, for the freedom to be enjoyed by the young people as they take a rest from their studies, and we pray especially for teachers, that they are able to recover 
from the recent very stressful periods. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord of all, we do thank you for the couples who will be married in the Burnhams this summer, and we ask your blessing upon them now and in their lives together. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we do bring before you all those who are ill. And at this time, there are many who are ill. And we pray particularly for those we know in this benefice, thinking of Freddie and Jill and Tom and Mason. And Lord, we ask you to uh, be with those who we do not know, but who are known to you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father above, we thank you for those we love, but who we no longer see. And we pray for the friends and families of those who have recently lost a loved one, including the families and friends of Michael Hall Smith, Douglas Webdale, Bill Offord and Douglas Codman. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty God, give us grace to yield our lives wholly to you, so that we may grow into holiness and do such good works as you have prepared for us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And now we join together in the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God, and of his Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you, be with all those you love, and remain with you always. Amen.